You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's a Friday. Congratulations on making it all the way through the week. And uh, we're here to help you kind of close this thing out. And uh, we got a, 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 a few fun things that we've got going on today uh, with my with my dear dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, why don't you just tease a little bit here what we've got going on today? Well, guys, I've heard a rumor. The winds are rustling. Birds are talking. Monkeys are chirping. There might be a youthful Regis coming through this podcast at some point in time. I, I can't say that for a fact. He's a famous guy. He's a busy man. He keeps a tight schedule. But if he can fit us in, he might come rolling by sometime during this podcast, and I think we would all greatly appreciate being graced by him. Craig, I know he's one of your heroes, so try to keep the fangirling to a minimum. He's a little <laughs> self-conscious. I, I will make sure to mute my mic while I squeal when Youthful Regis shows up. But also, Maddie, I think we need to take you to a zoo. Um, I'm not sure you know what noises <laughs> animals make. So maybe next time we hang out, we we make sure. I wonder if there's a zoo in Mobile that we can maybe swing by that has some monkeys or something like see, that. And see you those can chirping f- monkeys? Yeah, the um, chirping monkeys. Guys, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Youthful Regis lives in a very eclectic place. You guys may not know what's around them. At all times. I mean, I, I have that's the true. direct line. I've I've heard what's going on. Mm, that's true. That's true. I Who am I to judge my personal hero and man that I aspire to be when I grow up into an old, old man? Yeah, I mean, if Youthful Regis says that monkeys chirp, monkeys chirp. I mean, that, I think that's I, it's, it's it's fact now. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we're going to. We'll, we'll talk to that. We'll, 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 we might hear from Youthful Regis out of the break. Let's just say that. But we did kind of want to talk a little bit today uh, about quarterbacks. And, you know, we did, I think, you know, as a, as a show, we don't really spend a ton of time talking about Patrick LeVon Mahomes. I think just, you know, we don't get a ton of questions about him because it, here's the reality. Patrick Mahomes is, is just a constant. And he is a, just the most stable um, consistent, great thing that has normalized r- remarkable, frankly. I mean, he's 25 years old and look what he's done in his career. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, I I think this is going to wind up turning into a Patrick Mahomes gush fest. We just want to kind of just talk about the quarterback position and what's going on right now. Because what you're looking at here with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, both voicing displeasure right now. Uh, for very different reasons. Um, and here we are in Kansas City, eating popcorn, sitting back and watching everyone else in the world fight to the death over the quarterback position. And it's really, it's fun to see. It's fun to see, Craig, 
One could argue that of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, the three pillars that you would build a team off of right now, Patrick LeVon Mahomes is the only one that's not unhappy with his situation. (laughs) And, I mean, that's amazing to think of. I mean, it is kind of an NBA philosophy where these big-name players want more say in what's going on on their team. They want more security. They want to be treated a little bit better than they have been because they want to win. They want to win now, and they want to be thought of in that upper echelon. And because Patrick LeVon Mahomes has this 10-year deal, he obviously has a great rapport with the front office, like some other quarterbacks have had, you know, in recent history. Tom Brady does with the Bucs. Peyton Manning did, you know, his entire career that he was working there. They want that sort of, you know, involvement in building the team, having some sort of say because they want to be able to have this legacy. They want to be thought of forever like it appears that Patrick Mahomes is going to be thought of here. So they're chasing that a little bit, and they're finding out that Houston, obviously, is a dumpster fire of an organization, and they're not appearing to get any better this offseason. Seattle has a lot of problems, and you see a lot of guys come out of their organization talking about you know Pete Carroll and the way that things are handled and you saw a little bit of that today with some of the news that were that's coming out here so there's a lot of dysfunction in both of those organizations and so far Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes seem to be the most secure of the three Maddie when you heard about Russell Wilson today what was your immediate reaction to seeing that you know basically he said listen I'm, I'm fine with staying but also here are the teams that I would go to I believe when I first heard the news about Russell Wilson or what he was saying, my exact words were, wait, what are we talking about on the podcast? Because I just looked up from watching College Prospects about 32 minutes ago, and that is when I heard there was anything going on with Russell Wilson. Um, so, I mean, it's it's sad if you're a Seahawks fan. Like, you've had this guy's entire career. Yes, you guys won a Super Bowl. You've been a very good team, but you very clearly have struggled to find a way to let him cook. Or, you know, maybe he's not a full-time chef. Maybe he's a guy that cooks just on the weekends or on Friday nights or something. I'm not sure. But he clearly deserves better than what they've been able to surround him with. They've spent so much time and effort just surrounding that team with defensive talent. They have not given him enough to work with. What they have given him has been run-first opportunities, and that's just not really what a all-pro, one of the best elite quarterbacks in the NFL wants. So you do have to feel for him a little bit. It's understandable why he would be open to playing somewhere else. That said, this sounds a little bit like just off-season talk. I'm not sure that Russell Wilson is just going to up and be on the move. It makes no sense for the Seahawks because finding somebody that can replicate what he does or getting enough assets back at this point in time just seems so wild to me for them to be able to recoup something worthwhile. I I look at all this from both sides, and what I see is ego, I see power, and I see a desire for legacy. I think there's all kinds of stuff built into both of these situations. And unlimited and... potential. Sorry, unlimited oh, potential. Oh, goodness. I, I knew mean, you were going to come for, back to hit on that too. For, for chaos. Yes. Unlimited potential for chaos. You're absolutely right, Maddie. Um, I, so I, I don't know. I look at, I look at both of these situations and there's, I think there's just a lot of different issues going on. And I think it starts with leadership in a lot of different ways. Um, you, you kind of read some of the backstory with the, with the Russell Wilson report, you know, the Seahawks leadership 
they have a way of playing football. They want to protect the football. They want to run the football and they want to play great defense. Russell wants legacy. Russell wants to be able to go out and, and, and put up numbers and, and, and chase and chase legacy. You know, he wants he, an MVP. He wants yeah, an opportunity he, and an MVP. Maybe not turn the ball over seven times in two games, but I digress. Um, but I mean, but like, so you see that situation, and then in Houston, it's <laughs> it's power. With Houston, it's Jack Easterby, a man with zero credentials to warrant any level of power whatsoever over a football organization or football decisions, is pulling strings and pulling the wool over the eyes of Cal McNair, who the entire world, former players that never speak ever, like Andre Johnson and J.J. Watt, are telling telling him to you know fix fix the internal struggles that you have. You see both of these situations, and there's internal struggles. There is ego. There's power um, manifesting itself. Um, and then you look at Kansas City, and what do you have? You have a um, clear, defined organizational structure. Clark Hunt, you should give him credit for that. You have Andy Reid, who I'm not saying Andy Reid doesn't have an ego, because Andy Reid absolutely has an ego. But his ego manifests differently in ways that makes him very accessible to – to players, very accessible to be a team player, um, you know, to 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 participate with his organization collaboratively. Uh, Brett Veach, who is handpicked by Andy Reid, and a rare superstar in Patrick Mahomes. The three pillars, going back to what Craig said here in Kansas City, all on on the on its surface. I mean, you never know it entirely. Seem to have you know a you know, work towards a common goal, a lack of an ego in ways that you, you know, a lack of an ego in the, in a negative sense. Like all the three of these guys have egos. Of course they do. But how it manifests itself allows this organization or has allowed this organization to run smoothly. Patrick Mahomes has plenty of an ego. Like we, we know this. He's counting. He, he's, he's racking up all these chips on his shoulder. He's got a massive ego that he does let drive him in some situations. I think you just see it shift and change a little bit when it comes to dealing with the front office who are treating him with respect. Like, the, let that be the key here. They are treating him with, him with respect. They are valuing him as a member of that organization. You cannot say that about Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. And he has every right to be completely upset at that organization for basically trashing all the talent on it and then paying him a bunch, trading away all of their draft picks and not getting anything out of it. But and also it, saying, but also saying he was going to have some level of input and involvement in some of the decision-making process and not doing it. Correct. You, you, you intentionally lied to him. You took him out of it. I mean, he, he tweeted out today about loyalty. I mean, it matters to these guys. It really does matter to these guys because if he's committing long-term to this organization, if he's the face of your franchise, you want to make sure that he's on the same page as you are in every step. And so now he's saying, I'm not playing for Houston anymore. Houston's saying, I'm not trading him. That's going to get ugly. Now, yes, Russell Wilson's probably not the same situation. I expect that he's probably going to stay there, but the fact that this is becoming public and it's out there means that he's obviously dissatisfied as well. I hope we never get to a situation where Patrick Mahomes is in this scenario, 
where we're having to deal with this sort of thing. But as it appears on its face so far in his very young career right now, it looks like they are coming to him. They're treating him the way that he wants to be treated. And, you know, he's going to be around and happy for a long time as a Kansas City Chief, which honestly is you know, thing 1A that you have to do as a as this, a member of this organization in Kansas City because he's the future. I, mean, I imagine that's how Russell Wilson and Seahawks fans felt when he was one year into his new deal, though, and they're still fresh off of all their success. So it really becomes up to, assuming that Patrick Mahomes doesn't regress in any way, but then it becomes up to the general managers, the head coaches, the front office to continue to make sure that that person is happy. And I get it. It can't be Patrick Mahomes controls everything. He is just one player on the field, but he's the most important player. He should have plenty of say, get a fair shake. I don't even think Russell Wilson's opinion has been particularly ignored in Seattle either. It's just a matter of as success got more scarce for that team, tensions get tighter relationships get strained that could happen in Kansas City the difference is you have Andy Reid as a head coach who is going to go out of his way what makes Andy where Andy Reid's ego lies also lies in the same place where Patrick Mahomes lies the two when they're when they are trying to get things the way they want it it will go it will mesh very well together Pete Carroll Russell Wilson not exactly the same Russell Wilson wants to throw for eight billion yards and win an MVP Pete Carroll wants to win every game three to zero Actually, he probably wants to win every game two to zero, let's be honest, in overtime with the safety. That just seems like the way it's going. So it's just, it does mesh better in Kansas City, but to pretend there's no chance, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, to pretend there's no chance we don't eventually end up in the Seahawks situation wouldn't be right because I, when the Seahawks first signed Russell Wilson, I bet they were feeling great as we are right now. They were feeling just as good. You just have to trust your guys that you've seen to be to continue to be the same no matter what happens, and I think that you know I do think you know there are, there if this isn't the first time Russell Wilson's been kind of dramatic. I mean, and I'm not saying that he's wrong in in this situation necessarily because it does sound like there was some disrespect towards him based on the story, but there's been a lot of drama with Russell Wilson in the past. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is built different than Russell Wilson. He's already got an MVP. Uh, but I do think that I, I'm not saying that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, that, like, you know, that, that couldn't change as, as time goes on. But what I am saying is I think this organization is mindful. They're respectful. They've been mindful and respectful, respectful from Jump Street. That has been unwavering. If that remains unwavering and they continue to keep him involved as a key stakeholder in all of this. I think things will go well for this team ultimately. There's a good partnership. There's a good relationship. There's the guy that the – the GM is the guy that built the strongest relationship with Patrick Mahomes in the pre-draft process. The guy that believed in him before anyone. The guy who told him – or who said he was the best player he's ever seen before anyone believed that. Andy Reid has worked with any – all kinds of players from all different walks of life and is a phenomenal leader. I think the, there, there's good organizational structure here. All three of these continuing to move along, continuing to provide input, uh, f, you know, with Patrick, letting Patrick Mahomes have input uh, and, and be a, a big partner in this, I think ultimately will lead to good things. And it already has. All right. That's, well, that's, that's the first half of the show. We're going to take a break and we'll become, we'll come back with, with, uh, with a little youth, youthful Regis perhaps right after this. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and animals of all ages. Welcome to the newest AP Laboratory game show known as The Gauntlet. First, before we even tell you what this game is, because it's not a game, we are going to introduce the teams first. In the black and silver, we have Hollywood himself, Ken Swanson. Say hi to the people. Why, hello there. In the blue and orange, we have fan favorites, everyone's hero, the Renaissance man, Craig Stout. We don't even need to hear from him because we all know you love him. And finally, in the red and gold, we have Matt Lane. Say hi. Hi, guys. It, it's really, it's honorable to be given the red and gold of the Kansas City, our Kansas City Chiefs. I feel so special about this. I don't, I can't say thank you enough. Okay, 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 enough. So, the gauntlet, this is how this is played. We are going to set up a scenario for each one of these contestants to answer. They will then argue to the death with one another. With words, not real life, just with words. And a winner will be chosen at the end of it based on who presents the best argument. So first... The question, make the best two-man combination 
of offensive linemen to add to the Chiefs for 2021 using one free agent signing in a single draft pick. Kent, the black and silver, will be up first. You have 60 seconds. And as soon as 60 seconds is up, zip, no more words. You begin now. Well, Youthful Regis, first off, I just want to say it's an honor to be on the show. Secondly, I think the Chiefs should look to identify Cam Robinson in free agency, a player with some tackle ability that can also kick inside. I don't want the Chiefs to break the bank in free agency. I would prefer them to allocate money elsewhere. Cam Robinson has some inside-outside versatility, I think, ultimately for the remainder of his career, and you're not breaking the bank for him. I am pairing him with Tevin Jenkins, the offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State, a player that I would like to see start at the tackle spot in his career. I believe in his ability to stick at tackle, um, and I, 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 I'm f- firmly confident that he will be able to hold up there. That's two physical guys uh, that have some versatility to their game, continue to add flexibility, and let Money be allocated. Money be allocated elsewhere. Oh, I only had ten. I had ten seconds. That's great. Well, I just want to say hi to my mom. Uh, I love you. Hi to my wife. Hi to my kid. Hi to my unborn child. I love you all very much. Craig, you are now on the clock for a thirty-second rebuttal to tell Kent why he is wrong. Kent, you know why you're wrong? Because Cam Robinson sucks. He sucks (laughs) at football. This does not make this offensive line any better. Yes, Big Tev Jenkins. I cannot argue. He's one of my very favorite players in this draft. But Cam Robinson is not going to be a difference maker for this offensive line. Yes, I realize that they started a shopping cart at every position in the Super Bowl. But that does not mean that Cam Robinson is a player that you should go out and target, go find somebody better, make this offensive line better. Kent, 30 seconds to defend yourself from that horrible, horrible attack. I'm not trying to say that Cam Robinson is any time a gate changer. I believe that he is a guy that ultimately, when he does kick inside, he's going to be, have value at the guard position. And you're going to have I, – I think I think he'll hold up. I actually think he will be ultimately a good guard. I keep using the word ultimately. I don't know why. I'm I'm pressure. I, there's, I'm, I can't handle the pressure. I hate the gauntlet. Ten but seconds. I think, I think both of these guys will improve this football team. Uh, but you – go get Allen Robinson. With all that free money, free agent money that you just saved. And time. We are going to throw it to Matt Lane for the final word. I actually like the idea of putting Cam Robinson on the inside. He's been a very terrible offensive tackle, like Craig flat out said. He has sucked, so I get the holdup. But you move him inside where a slow-footed, powerful guy can maybe make a living. I get it. You put Tevin Jenkins next to him, who... It might also be better at guards. You know, maybe some qualms there, but it's a really good prospect. I think he can live at tackle. You then have him and Cam Robinson. I think those additions are both really good. It was really cool when I first said it like two weeks ago, so I do want to throw that out there, but I think it's a good decision. So next, (laughs) we are moving on to Craig Stout for your two-man combination. 60 seconds are on the clock, but wait. Before you go, guys, I want more vigor. I want more energy. Right now, people are falling asleep. Craig, begin. Okay, I'm going to go with the clearly superior option of the three of us because we know that I'm right here. I am targeting Corey Lindsley 
in free agency. He is not signing with the Packers. I am investing in the center position. He is coming off a first-team all-pro year at center for the Packers. He's going to get free. He makes you immediately better on the interior. He is a proven player at the center position, and he's 30 years old. He's got some years ahead of him. You can sign him long-term, have an anchor in the middle that can call protections, and that you can shore up the middle of that offensive line. And then I'm going Elijah Verrett Tucker in the first round, a guy that can play both tackle and guard. If Eric Fisher comes back earlier than expected, you can move him into that left guard position. You can feel good about your left guard and left tackle and center positions. But in the meantime, you can play him at left tackle and then move on from one of those tackles in 2022. And time, Matt, you are up with the rebuttal. Well, I would start with, are we trading up for Elijah Vera Tucker? How are we getting him in the top 15? How many draft picks are we sending to get this potential guard to play next to our like $13 million center? I'm not sure what's going on here. Like we are just acting like this is a team that has all sorts of high draft picks and all sorts of cap space. It makes the team better, but at what cost? I need a defensive end. I need a wide receiver. I need a cornerback. I need a linebacker. I'm probably out of time listing all the other needs we need. So Craig, you should probably defend yourself. Yeah, I'm going to go with the fact that we have Elijah Vera Tucker ranked below Tevin Jenkins in the KC Draft Guide right now. So if we're saying that Tevin Jenkins is going to be there, then maybe Elijah Vera Tucker's there. And I can cede my, the rest of my time to Maddie to debate that back, because if that was his point, well, there you go. Oh, I, would, I, I think that's a very good point. Actually, I don't have much of a rebuttal other than the fact that Elijah Vera Tucker will probably be gone. But it doesn't matter. It's not probably. up to me. It's up to Kent to get in the final word. Yeah, there's a high likelihood that uh, that Elijah Vera Tucker is not available to the Kansas City Chiefs. In fact, I would say Tevin Jenkins is much more realistic. And I thought, you know, the whoever made that argument was, uh, was actually very smart. Uh, sounded very handsome. Dare I say sexy. But I do I, 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 I do think you're probably going all in in this scenario on a $13 million center. And I think realistically you are trading up if you're trying to acquire Elijah Vera Tucker. Craig has depleted the assets of the Kansas City Chiefs, both with draft capital and with cash. I, uh, I don't really like what Craig Stout has done here. Corey uh, Lindsley is uh, $9 million. All right, right Renaissance man, this yeah, is not okay. your turn uh, to that, talk. That, this that, is the okay. final word from Hollywood. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I had stuff I wanted to jump in last time, but I didn't get to do that. Thank you very much. Okay, Hollywood, time, time on the TV is over. We are moving on to Matt Lane. It is the red and gold team's turn to make his case. All right, guys, I think it's fitting. The offensive lineman I would sign in free agency is going to be kind of right in the middle of these guys. He doesn't suck like Cam Robinson, and he's not going to cost a fortune like Corey Lindsley. I'm going to get offensive center David Andrews, free agent from New England, younger than Corey Lindsley, He's been a proven better player than Cam Robinson. He plays center for that New England Patriots team. They've run zone. They've run gap power. He's been a good center for Tom Brady, for Cam Newton. He's a quality player. No, he's not a guy that's going to shoot off flashing lights in your head, but he's a guy that comes in and will play better than Austin Ryder did last year and be a good player. As for the draft pick, kind of like we're talking here, it's hard to predict these offensive linemen in the first round but I'm taking a high upside Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle out of Michigan. He can play right. You think he can project a left based on his athleticism. For me, I think my comparison for him is going to be Jedrick Wills in the KC Draft Guide, so you can ask Browns fans how that's worked out last year. I think we're throwing it over to Kent now to maybe tell me why I'm right. 
Uh, my only argument right now is that you've had much more time to prepare because I think you were tipped off by Youthful Regis as to what you're going to talk about. And I have a strong suspicion that you did not come up with this fantastic plan in the last 20 seconds. You have been prepared. The game is rigged. I'm furious. But also, sign me up. I don't like these allegations that you're throwing at me right now because I could show you my whiteboard. David Andrews and Jalen Mayfield are actually my second and third choice at both free agency and in the draft. You know, things happen on draft day. You don't always get the guy you want. Sometimes you get outbid for $18 million for Corey Lindsay. Sometimes, you know, Tevin Jenkins goes before you pick and you're left with your second options and it just happens to be the best option. So, Craig, you get the final word now. Jalen Mayfield is going to go very high in this draft. <laughs> I, listen, if, if, if we're criticizing Elijah Vera Tucker, I think Jalen Mayfield is up there around that range as well. That being said, I, I do like that the best of the three. I mean, I mean, Jalen Mayfield's going to be a stud tackle, so give me, give me that guy. Weird. All right, well, Youthful Reach is back here, and I think it's pretty clear that the winner of the first round goes to the red and gold. Chiefs up one. Matt Lane, winner of round one. But don't worry. Collusion. There is a round two that is about to begin, and now, Craig, you were up first. 60-second start as soon as the question is said. The Chiefs' third starting cornerback, along with Charvarius Ward and Legereus Sneed for 2021, will be... Richie Grant out of the University of Central Florida. Yes, he's listed as a safety. Yes, you're going to have to spend a round two pick on him, but not only does he fill your slot corner need, he also fills a safety need for you. He can replace Dan Sorensen's reps in the dime. He can replace everything that they're losing out of the slot. Yes, it's going to be a premium asset, but he is a premium player who fills multiple needs. He makes you more multiple on the back end. We've seen what Steve Spagnolo has done with versatile defensive backs out there. Frankly, Richie Grant is one of the most versatile defensive backs that you could put on this team in the NFL draft. I'm targeting him early, and I'm profiting Ten off seconds. of the fact that Spagnolo can do everything with that secondary and call whatever coverage he wants. All right, now we're throwing it over to Matt Lane for the rebuttal. Rich, Richie Grant's a good player, but like Craig said, you're taking him in the top 50 probably. I mean, you might get him at the end of the second round, but again, you might have to trade up to snag Richie Grant. And while he may be worth it, he has all this versatility. He can play in the slot. He can do all these things. It's just, it's a lot of draft capital for a team that doesn't have a two, number two defensive end, number two wide receiver, any offensive lineman. It's a lot of draft capital. That would be my only holdup right now is you're spending that draft capital on the safety slot cornerback position. And Craig, you're back up. My argument for that is Wide receiver in round three is roughly about as good as what it is in round two, and defensive end in round two is likely not going to be a major impact guy. I would rather spend that asset, go up and get this impact defender, rather than try and catch a third or fourth tier defensive end or a wide receiver that's mostly as good as you can get in the third round. And Kent, hit us with the final word. Uh, Craig is kind of being a little bit of a Zoe Deschanel. Really quirky right now. Just throwing out a safety to, as, as, a, as a corner. I mean, that's, a, that's kind of a Matt Lane answer, if you ask me. Also, I last I checked, the Chiefs used their third-round pick to trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker. I'm holding you accountable to your draft capital usage. 
And I think this is an entirely unrealistic situation that Craig Stout has presented. It's kind of like when Matt puts all those surveys out uh, and everyone just wants every single pick or every single position drafted in the first round when that's mathematically impossible because they only have one. And we're over to Matt Lane. Well, I think Craig's on to something. I think getting this kind of safety cornerback hybrid to play as the slot corner as Legarius Sneed and Charvarius Ward play outside is the correct move. Despite what Kent says, I actually think this is a very intelligent move. The problem is I don't want to spend pick 63 on it. So I'm going to get, I don't know, maybe the better player in our Darius Washington defensive back out of TCU. Yeah, he's listed kind of short. Yeah, he's kind of light. You know who else is? The Honey Badger. The landlord himself, Tyron Matthew. I'm putting our Darius Washington on the field in the slot next to Tyron Matthew. He's a playmaker. He is physical in the boxes. He is. He might be 178 pounds. He is not afraid to come up and tackle a running back in the hole. He has center field range. He has the foot quickness to play slot DB. I will replace whatever Legarius Sneed did with Washington hopefully get equal level of play while kicking Snead back outside, get all these playmakers on the field. Kent, you are up with the rebuttal. I actually do not completely disagree with the players themselves that have been presented. What I do not appreciate is the maddiness of these answers. It is a little bit of an attempt to be outside of the box. I appreciate and respect the attempt, but I am sick and tired of Maddie answers. Why? When when Maddie creates a game, do we continue to get Maddie answers? Maddie had nothing to do with this game. This was all youthful Regis. But Matt, you're back on the clock. Well, Kent, I thought about going with DeAndre Baker, so I hope that wasn't your pick and I stole a little bit of thunder here or anything like that. So I thought about him, but then I considered to myself, I think our Darius Washington fits a Steve Spagnuolo defense a little bit better. It allows him to be more versatile because Legarius Steve can play outside. He can kick in the slot. You could move guys all around if you get an Ardarius Washington to jump out there. And quite simply, if I'm not taking a cornerback in the first round, I don't love the options, don't love the options on the Chiefs after Sneed. So I'm just getting the best player at a reasonable price with Ardarius Washington on day three. Craig, you have the final word. Well, I take offense to the fact that we're comparing him to Tyron Matthew because Ardarius Washington is listed at one inch shorter than Tyron Matthew. He's listed that. He's probably going to come in shorter, although it's going to be at TCU's Pro Day, so who knows? He might actually come in at 5'8", like he's listed there. That being said, I do love Ardarius Washington. He's a phenomenal player. I love how physical he is and everything like that. He's just ridiculously short-armed, and I think Steve Spagnuolo will want a guy that's a little bit longer because he won't want to field too short-armed defensive backs, even though they're both great playmakers and they use their length well, what they've got of it, I don't think he'll want to field two of them. All right, Hollywood, bring us home with your answer. 60 seconds on the clock. I, too, have decided to go with the Maddie answer. The third cornerback on this football team will be Charvarius Ward. Why? Because Legarius Steen will be playing outside in base downs and along with Patrick Peterson, from the Arizona Cardinals eventually released. This sounds like a Brett Veach move if I've ever heard one, going and identifying a guy he believes in uh, to come in and and spend the rest of, or spend the last few years of his career playing with Dear Pal 
Tyron Matthew. I do uh, think that Charvarius Ward, any situation where Charvarius Ward is playing less is making this football team better. It remains to be seen what the contract will look like, but I have a little bit more free agency space because I didn't go all in for Elijah Vary Tucker, Richie Grant, uh, and uh, whoever Craig went with on the free agent, the uh, offensive, like Corey Lindsley. Uh, so I do have a little bit more flexibility and money to play with. Two-year deal, move the money around a little bit, uh, and we'll see what happens. On a declining player, I will admit that. Craig. So shut up, Craig. Shh. Craig, 30-second rebuttal. A declining player that's had above a $13 million cap hit on average for the past six years. This man is accustomed to a certain amount of money he is going to want more than Corey Lindsley is going to cost. And he's older seconds. at a position that declines faster with speed. I, I don't know how I can get criticized for Corey Lindsley and we can sit here and turn a blind eye to how much Patrick Peterson 30 costs. second rebuttal. It's easier to identify an interior offensive lineman that can play at a high level. Patrick Peterson, I will bet you right now, Craig, I will bet you a beer of your choice as long as it's under $5 per beer that Patrick Peterson will go <laughs> underneath that $13 million thread threshold that you just identified. Uh, I think there is a Two way to seconds. make this team better by adding Patrick Peterson along with a bevy of other moves, not including a $13 million center. All right, so for the final word here, I, I like Kent's answer. I don't think it's a particularly a Maddie answer, but I like the answer of bringing in Patrick Peterson to play on the outside along with LeJarrius Sneed and then having Charvarius Ward, I assume, jump in play outside again while Sneed kicks inside. Like, I get the concept. Only had 60 seconds, Maddie. I'm sorry. I think it makes sense. I would just say that, you know, I'm looking to get some youth on this defense. I don't know if I want to keep bringing in all these old one-year rental veteran defensive backs. Give me a young guy. Like, I don't know, an Ardarius Washington, maybe? Just to throw a name out there that could come in and play all over the back end and make more plays than Patrick Peterson's kind of been making these last couple years for the Cardinals. I want playmakers, not a guy that maybe still can't run. All right, everybody. Good job today. I think uh, Youthful Regis got to get out of here. He's got some appointments to keep. But I think we all know, despite these good answers, that uh, the red and gold team won that round as well. It's a clean sweep for Matt Lane. 2-0. Take it to the bank, everybody. I will catch you next week. Today's episode was brought to you by the KC Draft Guide. Go to gum.co slash KCDraftGuide21. Promo code Regis gets you the guide for $8. Plot 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. 
For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.